0: Space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back. We're back uh, in action. It's the Earl Stewart on car show. And as the recorded introduction just told you, you just tuned in. We're here to help you avoid being ripped off when you buy or lease a car, or for that matter, when you get a car repaired or maintain your car. It's kind of a minefield out there, and uh, we're here to help. And we do it by listening to you. You can contact us in a variety of means, old-fashioned telephone, 877-960-9960, you got to write that down if you don't have a question now, which you probably don't, or maybe you're driving your car. Of course, you can't write it down, can you, if you're driving the car, but I'm going to give it out again anyway, slowly. 877-960-9960. Now, we added a text line about, what, 15 years ago, Stu? Mm-hmm. Something like that. You know when texting was a big thing, and now it's huge? Texting. I use text more than I do the telephone, I think a lot of people do and that text number is kind of cool because we keep a bat log and we can catch up or we can get ahead or we can use it to fill in but we always get to the text and that text number 772-497-6530. 772-497-6530. So you tell us what's on your mind, ask us questions, give us constructive or non-constructive criticism, your choice, we'd love to hear from you. That's a, What makes live radio? We're a live show, man, I tell you, it is exciting. My adrenaline is going, on my, my my blood pressure's up, my pulse is up, and I'm happy. Uh, we're, we all feel that way in the team here, Rick Kearney, Stu Stewart, Nancy Stewart. We. We love the show. I tell you that you can. You're going to be able to tell if you listen for a while that we do love what we do, and um, we got a lot of high-tech ways to listen, depending on your view of life. Facebook, that's kind of an old fogey's game now. When it first came out, Facebook to me was like 21st century state of the art. But Instagram, we got YouTube, we got Twitter, we got Periscope, a variety of cyber ways to get into outer. Uh, out to the world. We are worldwide. Uh, we're not just international. We actually had a caller from Bali. You know, Bali, hi, I'm calling. Who remembers okay,
1: the, hey, I'm going to interrupt you. What's that? Uh, we, we have we a caller? A first-time caller. Oh, cool. And uh, her name is Margaret, and uh, she's calling from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Margaret. Welcome to oh, the good show. Good morning,
2: Nancy. Thank you so much, and First of all, Earl, I loved your Bali high. So
3: um,
2: (laughs) I thought it was quite a way for all of us to wake up in the morning. (laughs) Thank you. Now, my question to you is I'm a 70-year-old woman, and I have been leasing a Mazda for the past six years. I had two leases with them, and it's getting ready to um, end. Uh And I just thought, well, I have limited income, and for somebody who's in my Position um, buying a car and having to maintain it. Someone told me was worse for me than leasing, where I don't have to worry about the maintenance and all that. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm presently. I wanted to get a Rav4, but that's out of my league, unfortunately. I'm sorry to say, but I'm now looking at the Hyundai at uh, on um, North Lake on. Naples, Naplesons. Yes. And my question to you is I'm dealing with actually two dealerships who don't return calls. Oh, boy. Is is that I mean, what is is don't want to sound like a cranky old woman?
4: That's standard. At the
2: same time, (laughs) what is an acceptable amount of time since I'm obviously on a time frame and trying to compare the lease deals that they're willing to give me What's an acceptable amount of time for me to be waiting to get a return call? And um, when I do call them, I call them. I called Napletons yesterday, and I said, "You know, I've I've waited over 24 hours. I haven't heard anything." And they apologized and yada yada yada. And we'll talk to our managers now. And still didn't hear anything. And that was as of yesterday morning at 11.
0: Yeah, Margaret, that's uh, as Stu said. That's unacceptable. But unfortunately, too often it's fairly commonplace. It, it's especially true today because the car business is better than it's ever been. And the profits are high. Uh, the salesmen are making a lot of commissions. The dealers are making a lot of money. The manufacturers are making money hand over fist. And, uh, you know, counterintuitively, this pandemic COVID situation has been a godsend to the auto industry. Uh, people are buying a lot of cars and new and used. So it's, it, it, it speaks to the character of the dealership. You're you're, t- uh, you're dealing with and the efficiency and uh, sadly it's uh, not very good and even in the worst of times sometimes it's not very good either. Uh, I, I, I hate to say this but the least of your problems is having people not return your phone calls. You need to be very careful. You mentioned a very important choice and that is leasing versus buying and you did uh, say that you were 70 years old. Well, I'm, I'm a lot older than you and one of the things that uh, would cross my mind if I were not an automobile dealer and I were going out to get another car, a new car, uh, should I lease or buy? When you lease a car, and a lot of people don't understand this, you are tied in. You, you've leased Mazdas twice, 36-month lease, leases. When you sign that lease contract, you're obligated to make 33, 33 lease payments, uh, whether you drive the car or can or cannot drive the car so god forbid margaret something should happen where you couldn't drive Uh, right now nancy has had foot surgery and she hasn't been able to drive for months Uh, but if she were leasing a car she'd have to make those monthly payments leasing companies have no mercy on whatever you could have a visual condition you could have a surgical condition or you could even pass away Uh, 36 payments will be made on that Mazda, one way or the other I would recommend that you buy this time um, and that uh, put your mind to rest on the maintenance. Mazda is, okay. a, ver- is a very good vehicle. Uh, uh, they're reliable. They're low maintenance. Uh, your, your cost of maintenance for the first two or three years is almost negligible. If you had all of the factory owners, factory recommended maintenance, it would be negligible. Repairs, it's all under warranty while you're driving the car. So your your cost of maintenance and repairs are, are minimal. So, uh, unless a monthly payment is extremely important to you, now a monthly payment is going to be lower on a lease. And the fact that you've been leasing for, for six years, you probably uh, have gotten kind of used to that monthly payment. So if you buy a car, you're going to have to come up with a larger monthly payment, I mean a, a larger down payment to keep your monthly payment down if you want it down. Just remember, the price is the same whether you're paying low monthly payments or high monthly payments because when you're buying the car you're building equity. Your monthly payments are actually uh, building you equity like a savings account whereas a lease it's like a rent, you get nothing but that's that's the main recommendation is to to consider purchasing instead of leasing. As far as uh, the Mazda dealerships uh, you could try a third Mazda dealership uh, to see, you know, that they will return your calls, or I would oh, recommend listen,
2: Mazda. Mazda has been very uh, active in, in you know, obviously keeping my business.
0: Oh, you're talking about and Hyundai. I'm sorry. You're right, exactly I, right. Hyundai, I got so, you. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, I tried the other one too on Okeechobee, and he was, you know, giving yeah. me all the, 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 pros of their dealership, and you know, of course, I'm wary because I'm, I'm being somewhat educated as much as I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, from, from you and uh, your program, which, by the way, if, and no, I'm sure people have because I listen to you on my way to Walmart every Saturday. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> I'm telling you, I, you're, you're a godsend to people, and, and we need people like you out there. And for those who you're um, people that go in on our behalf and on their own behalf and try to find out who's good and who isn't and who's giving you an honest deal and who isn't, God bless these people.
0: Thank you, Mark. Definitely. Well, Stu, do we have a, a Hyundai dealer on the recommended list?
4: I will check right now. Um, I don't have high hopes.
0: Yeah, Hyundai uh, typically has a lower caliber salesperson and sales management. Uh, it is not one of the most desirable franchises, and they struggle. So sometimes you get second-class salespeople at Hyundai dealerships. Stu, you got one?
4: The best grade that we have is King Hyundai in Delray, and they have a C grade. Um, un- unfortunately, uh, Napletons on uh, have a D and an F, um, but the King Hyundai uh, shop I think that was about three years ago, so we don't have a super recent uh, good shop.
0: Yeah, I I call King Hyundai just to see if you get a return phone call, and uh, you might find out you've got yourself a better option there. It's a long drive uh, to Delray possibly for you, but. Uh, and, it's worth a try
1: you know and margaret um i do have to say it sounds like as if that leasing has been well a convenience for you uh, would you agree with
2: that oh oh definitely yes
1: mm-hmm. but um, I, I
2: don't think it's an economic um good deal i mean i always thought well kind of it's the same thing as rent i always tell people mm-hmm. you know i when i first came to florida i rented and someone said oh you know the rent keeps going up on you you need to buy and I said oh no 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 I can't buy I can't buy what if I can't pay it and they said "Well, when have you never paid your rent just think of a mortgage as your rent
1: well this is this is more of a you know a personal decision on your part and if leasing has worked for you um I would definitely stick with it as far as a dealership getting back with you um and you you know wanting information ASAP uh, I can honestly say that uh, uh you know and I'm very thankful the auto industry is on fire right now I mean it's just an unbelievable situation everybody wants a car whether they lease it whether they you know buy it 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 really doesn't matter so uh, it sounds like an excuse but everyone is really busy but out of courtesy I definitely would expect a, a, a callback Um, most definitely because you're working in a time frame if you have a lease right now and i would i would give them you know a 24-hour period and after that i would move on
2: all right and um if i may ask if i do or i'll take your advice and go the the buying route um what what um fees can i negotiate or get rid of completely
0: well uh, are you a Costco member, Margaret? Uh, no,
2: Sam's Club.
0: Okay. Sam's Club has an auto purchase program like Costco. And uh, I, I would re- recommend using the Sam's Club auto purchase program. Uh, I would also recommend uh, TrueCar. Car. Uh, you could go online to TrueCar.com. And that gives you a... TrueCar.com gives you a good idea of what the... Competitive pricing is on the specific model Hyundai you want to lease or buy, and that way you know uh, that the bottom line price that you get from the dealer is either unreasonable or reasonable. You're not necessarily going to get the lowest price by looking at true car. Sometimes you will, but you'll never have to pay an outrageous price. You will see what the you will see the pricing, the average price in the market for that particular vehicle. You also see the lowest price and the higher price. So you want to state either at the average price or better yet, to the left, toward the lower price. It gives you an idea to shoot for. That's an out-the-door price. And then
2: and that is out-the-door. That's no, uh, by the way, now we have a $1,000 extra
3: that you have to pay up, for.
2: Yeah,
0: they're going to do that. All the dealers do that. They add the hidden fees and the dealer addendums. And you listen to the Mystery Shopping Port at the end of the show, they do it. All dealers do it. But what you have to keep saying over and over, you'll get tired of saying it, and they'll definitely get tired of you saying it, is, I want an out-the-door price, the price that I will write you a check for, and you will take the check and let me drive the car home. That is an out-the-door price. And once you get the out-the-door price, you will have a good point of reference on True car. And as I said, Sam's Club will also give you a good point of reference, and it'll be a, a better price if you walked into the dealership and said, where do I sign? Car dealers today, when you sell a car, I'm, I'm saying selling, but the same applies to leasing. It's their profit. They will make on customer A $100 over their net cost or below, believe it or not. They sell cars today at unbelievably low prices. Dealers are losing money in their new car departments, many of them. But the next person that comes in and buys the same car from the same dealer will pay a five or even $10,000 profit. So that the customers, the prospective customers that walk in and don't do their homework, that, do, that are careless, subsidize the dealer for the ones that are sharp, uh, educated, uh, consumer uh, that, that know what a good price is. So let you, you, be the, you be the educated consumer, you use Sam's Club, you use a true car, and uh, and you get an out-the-door price. You'll be the one that gets a really good price, and then the person that comes in and buys that same car the next day, they'll pay an obscene profit to the dealer. That's the way the business is today. It's the way it's been, always been, but it's even worse today. Uh, well, it's
2: good and bad, I guess. Yeah. Good, yeah. good for people who are, as you say, well-informed and sad for
1: the ones that aren't. Yeah, yeah, you do have an advantage, and uh, boy, there's nothing like uh, free information and advice here at Earl Stewart on cars. Uh, One other thing uh, before I let you go, Margaret, uh, Consumer Report is a great place to go. Um, As I always say, knowledge is power, and uh, you can get so much free information. Uh, The Internet is just so powerful. There's so much you can do from uh, right there uh, from your uh, PC and um uh, you know uh, i don't know whether uh you you know well this information wouldn't, ap- wouldn't apply to you so i won't share it with you anyway margaret i hope that we've helped you and i uh, will oh, continue sure. to listen of and course. Uh, i want to take a moment and, and thank you for helping me build the platform here at earl stewart on cars uh, and uh the ladies uh, we we do have a powerful voice and uh there's a lot of us out there uh there's power in numbers
0: is margaret a first time caller? does she get 50 bucks
1: and um every saturday morning i mention the uh first two new lady callers you're the first and you just won yourself 50 dollars
2: oh my gosh that's wonderful i know i've heard it before but i wasn't expecting it
1: so yes most definitely we appreciate your call and uh, mike who's in the control room uh will get your information and you can I'll pass it along to me
2: thank you so much and let me say again i i, I appreciate you, appreciate all of you and what you're doing and i'm sure many of your viewers do as well thank
1: That's you right. so much thank you have a great weekend
2: thank you same to you nancy keep continuing to get better
1: thank you <laughs> 877-960-9960 or uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530 don't forget www.youranonymousfeedback.com now back to the recovering car dealer.
0: Well let's get some uh, text or YouTube Rick's got a YouTube over here. <coughs> uh,
5: this first one is uh, from Ernesto Ortega and he says good morning is placing a factory order truly as complex as most dealers make it out to be most seem to not want to work to place factory orders and only sell from in stock inventory. Thank you.
4: I can answer that. Okay. Doing a factory order is simple and easy and takes almost no time at all. But they don't get paid for several months, possibly. Uh. So it's a simple question of selling on the lot. They want a commission. They want to make money for the dealership. The sales manager, all the way up to the general manager, they don't want to do a special order. They don't even want to do a locate that takes a day or two because. Um, the moment you leave the dealership, the chances rise that you're going to buy from somebody else, and um, so that's why they, they dissuade you. They want okay. you to buy
0: now. Yeah, that's real all pressure. <laughs> if you do order a car, be sure that you get a refundable deposit and yeah. you get a receipt. They will ask you for a deposit, and you have to, uh, you should get a receipt, and then note on the receipt, does it say refundable or non-refundable?
4: Yeah, make sure they write that down, because I think, you've told, you taught me this, in Florida, um, if it doesn't say non-refundable, you give somebody a deposit, they can't keep it. And it's so dumb, because what did you get in return
5: for your money? Nothing, but they can do it. Yep. And Negan One, Earl, what are manufacturers saying how long chip shortage is going to last? I work with industrial automation, robots for large snack food manufacturer, and it's starting to affect industries. Uh, U.S. repair, long lead times. Uh, We had to slow down production as well. Who would have thought COVID would affect us a year later than when it first hit? News is talking only of car manufacturers, but other industries are being affected as well.
0: That's all true, and it it varies (laughs) from manufacturer to manufacturer. So, uh, Hyundai might have a bigger problem than Honda, and Toyota might have a less of a problem than Ford. It affects each manufacturer differently, yeah. and uh, it's a fact of life. I mean, it's uh, it caught everybody by surprise, and uh, people are purchasing, and uh, it'll be. My guess will within six weeks or eight weeks it'll be resolved, yeah. and it'll be.
4: It is starting to to, to yeah. lighten up a little. Yeah. Does anybody else think snack robots robots
5: are cool? What is this? Uh, it's, it's snack uh, robots. S- large snack food manufacturer. It's robots that. Make the snack Thanks. foods, oh, I okay. guess. that's That's a snack robot. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw an article today, I think I was, it was, uh, <laughs> that I believe the Jeep Corporation is shutting down a couple of plants because yeah. they're yeah. having chip issues. It's a real that's issue, yeah. Yeah.
0: And bear in mind that when you buy a car today, if the model you want is not available, and Stu alluded to this earlier, you will be pushed into uh, a different car and you will be uh, persuaded and begged and cajoled and any other thing, because as Stu says, car salesman makes a commission when he sells a car. If he sells a car today, he earns a commission. If he sells a car today, but it won't be delivered for two months, he's got to wait for that commission. He might not even be working
4: there in two months.
0: and We might be talking about a big commission. The a, the, the average commission is something around $300, uh, but a, a salesperson can easily make $3,000 commission. So. Uh, you don't know what the commission is because you don't know the profit that was made on the car. That's the way the salesman is, is paid, based on the profitability to the dealership. So if, if you can buy a car today and the salesman will make uh, uh, $500 or he can wait two months for the $500, he's going to tell you that car over here is a better car and you shouldn't have to wait. And he will do a number on you to try to persuade you not to wait. So be careful. Uh, when you order a car, uh, you're going to get a lot of
4: I just, I just thought of a, br- a brilliant consumer tactic. You know what they do to get you to buy the car in stock instead of waiting? They'll do anything, right? They'll okay. lower the price. They'll strip it down. Go into a dealership and tell them that you want a special order, the hardest to get car in the world, knowing that you'll be a la- you'll let them convince you to get something in stock, but only at the right price. You mm-hmm. might get a great deal. <laughs>
0: There's also, again, I don't want to beat this one up, but we see it all the time. In times of shortage, you see more and more of it. The models that the customer wants are not available. Now, when you order that car, it's going to take longer than they told you. Unfortunately, there's a saying that you should underpromise and overdeliver. deliver Car salespeople overpromise and under-deliver. So when the salesman tells you when you finally stick to your guns and order that car, and he's told you it'll take two weeks or two months or Three months or whatever it may be, uh, double that at least because it it's not going to be here when they tell you it's going to be here. Mm-hmm. It's always longer, and some of sometimes it's out of his control. Sometimes it's not, but you will never get the car 99% of the time when he says you will. So be prepared to wait if you're going to
1: you know there's always uh there's always been a wait, but would you say with uh, circumstances as they are today it's a much longer wait
0: yes i would say that yeah. okay and
1: okay hey let me mention real quick uh, earl's uh, vigilantes nobody has talked about it yet this morning um it's uh, very important to you and to us and if uh, you would like to well help out your community in some way or us you can sign up for earl's vigilantes and uh you can help us uh well get these dishonest car dealers and under you control hat, you get a
0: hat just like this too
1: and and uh we're pat we're passing out uh hats um just to give you a little identification when you're out there and you might be you know among your friends and uh, your neighbors Uh, but uh, help us out sign up earlsvigilantes.com you can go to Earl on cars and you can get all the information Uh, now back to Rick
5: actually caught up here but uh, Negan one did say though the robots actually packed the snack food bags so I guess they need chips to make the chips.
0: <laughs> okay, let's move along here. <laughs> Chip
5: chips.
4: Uh-huh. Hi, Anne-Marie. <laughs> <head>. anne <Anne-Marie> always <laughs> has the honor of the first text of the day. And Amory says, good, good morning. morning. <laughs> good morning. I confess I'm an analog type of customer. I like an old-fashioned key for my car, knobs for the radio, an air conditioner, and a gear shift. However, modern vehicles are getting much more control features on their touchscreens, and they're eliminating knobs. Goodbye analog controls, hello digital. With more controls going into the touchscreens, I can't help but wonder. One, what's the life expectancy of a touchscreen? Two, do different vehicles have different touchscreens with different life expectancies or do they all use the same technology with the same life expectancy? Three, how much does a replacement touchscreen cost? And four, are the touchscreens so relatively new that their life expectancy hasn't been established yet? And these questions are prompted by a story I read Uh, MotorTrend.com is reporting that Tesla is eliminating the gear shift and moving the shift mechanism to the touchscreens for the Tesla 2021 uh, uh, Model S and Model X. No screen, no go. Hence, the longevity of a touchscreen will become more important as more features are controlled by touchscreens. Not convinced this is a good idea? What's your viewpoint?
0: Well, before I give uh, this to Rick, because he he can do two hours on this, I don't think... Anybody knows the answer. I got, I got a thought, but, uh, too. But, but, uh, now, let me make this one. Of course, I, I need to say this. Anne-Marie, it's another one of your fabulous questions. I don't know how you do it. Uh, here's what I think. I think that the touchscreen is a terrible idea. I think it's a quantum leap from what we had before with buttons and switches and things like that. But uh, voice recognition is the name of the game. Mm-hmm. We're there now. I mean... Uh, Think back when voice recognition first happened and the improvement with artificial intelligence and big data voice recognition will yeah. be able to understand people that even you can't understand.
4: It's, it's almost silly now that, I know some cars have Amazon, I don't know if the, I mean Alexa, I don't know if it controls your controls in your car, but just to tell your car, make yeah. it cooler, makes a whole lot more sense than yeah. fiddling with the controls.
0: I use uh, voice recognition for all of my texting yeah. and it is better than I am when I write. I mean, if I do a long text, voice recognition, it's much more accurate yeah. than what I do if I do it with my thumbs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, Rick, uh, give her the well, answer as far quick. as the reliability. This um, one,
4: I uh, say, everybody on earth now has a smartphone, and how many times have you tried to do something? You had to restart your phone. Yeah. That's annoying with a smartphone um, in a
5: car that you can't put into drive or reverse. Uh, dangerous. That's very bad.
0: Absolutely dangerous.
5: I am a huge techno geek. I, I love all the new technology. However, I agree with Anne Marie that certain things need to have a mechanical manual backup. That's well, why we still answer have
0: a question. How much does it cost to replace a touchscreen uh, Over a thousand.
5: It, that's a question that really doesn't have an accurate answer because, because you've never done it. it can be as simple as the small touch screens in the Prius that were so six, seven hundred
0: dollars.
5: Well, we've replaced radios with touchscreens. Yeah, but as far the question is the reliability of a touchscreen.
0: I've and never heard a customer complain to me yeah, I think about a touchscreen failing.
4: I, I think the question is, I mean, they seem to be pretty reliable, but I don't know how long they're reliable for. I yeah. mean, what happens after right. seven, eight years?
0: And we've know, never had one fail as far as I know.
4: I, I don't know if that's uh, in the case. I know there's been issues. I've had like, like discolorations I've seen. Uh, that's the reason
0: I asked Rick, yeah. because well, you know, actually, he's, he's never do, had one fail. We
5: do have some fail. Oh, he did, okay. Yeah, he didn't say the, that. Yeah. The touchscreens are radios, which are the same technology. Okay. We have seen certain cars, like uh, Camry's, I believe it was, where the majority of them, uh, one certain manufacturer, Fujitsu 10, had a line of their radios mm. that the bottom third, after so many years, the touchscreen would begin to fail. Yeah and you literally could not touch the buttons on the bottom third of the radio uh-huh. and it would stop you from is operating the, half the radio. Is that the only
0: instance that you can recall?
5: Uh, for the most part that is, okay. except for such things as the uh, color activation or the, the, the being able to view the touch yeah. screen yeah. properly. The and bottom accurately.
0: line is they're super reliable and we've had virtually no problem. Right
5: now they're very reliable. Yeah. As for a lifespan, we don't know. There's I, I have never heard anything yet that says there's an actual lifespan. I,
4: I got a question about those. I noticed them. that when you're using the touchscreen in your car, it feels different than the touchscreen on your phone. Touchscreen on your phone feels it's that capacitive thing. You don't have to give it any pressure. I noticed that in a lot of t- cars there's a little you have to give it a slight push. Are those designed to be in your knowledge like a little bit more robust? Is that why they're like? Because I know that my touchscreen yes, on my phone on the wonderful Apple iPhone periodically requires me to restart my phone sometimes that happens yeah it doesn't happen to me in the car is it just more of like a heavier use type of screen or well
5: the, the nice part about the touchscreen in your car is every time you shut it off and sh- turn it back on it's reboots. restarting yeah. and it's rebooting the whole system
0: before we get into <laughs> an incredible you know, detail here I think we've answered Anne Marie's question well, I think yep. so yeah okay
1: Anne Marie you're a breath of fresh air we uh, definitely enjoy hearing from you Give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 uh, back to touch screens i, I want to tell you you know they have their place and as far as dictating into the telephone uh, I think that uh, for the older folks, I'm going to say the baby boomers, it really is uh, definitely an advantage because uh, if you think about your hands and how much you use them, some of us like myself, uh, arthritis, and it's tough to get you know uh, the text across when you want to. So uh, just taking and uh, dictating is much quicker anyway um folks uh we're wide open for questions uh all the free advice in the world and we're here to answer your questions right now we're going to go back to the phones and uh, we're going to go to new jersey where we're going to be talking to steve welcome back steve
6: hi thank you very much for taking my call i appreciate it thank you see ya the reason I'm calling this morning is I just want to say uh, thank you to all of you on the program. Um, I'm probably pretty typical of a lot of your listeners. Uh, I'm retired, but I like to still stay active. But as as I think we all get older, sometimes uh, things aren't as easy as they used to be.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: And uh, I had hesitated for a long time in buying a new car. Um, you know, basically on a pension when I want to try to control expenses as much as possible. but Listening to your program it really convinced me that i need to look at it uh more from a safety aspect and and to help with my driving and um i don't think i ever would have done that uh, without really listening to uh, what you guys had to say and i just want to say a few things just for all the listeners if they're thinking about you know why why might i need to or want to buy a new car to help I'll just say some of the features on my car that I never had before that I, I really, really rely on now. Um, one of the things I have is uh, um, 360 uh, cameras on my car, which really helps me when I'm driving into my garage in a tight space and other places like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing is uh, I recently now with these large trucks and large SUVs, I, I found myself in, in store parking lots Trying to back out of my my spot, and on either side I couldn't see any traffic coming. Yeah, and with with my car now in reverse, it has a 180 degree camera. Yeah. it can see objects. It can beep if they're coming. It can stop. If I don't stop, I didn't have those aids before. It was a real problem.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. i uh, the other uh...
6: things I like. I I go on long distance drives with, uh, and I, I always had cruise control. But this car has smart cruise control, so it can keep a safe distance when somebody jumps into my lane. Yeah. And the other thing is um, this car has dramatically improved uh, safety technology for whiplash mitigation. And, and yes, it made tremendous improvements on reducing traffic fatalities. Yeah. But whiplash is is what is like probably the biggest injury or the most prevalent injury that people get in in car accidents these days and it can be really bad
1: definitely
0: see let me ask you a question what what year did you have that you traded in what because you sound typical of the person that is just amazed with the incredible uh, safety features Uh, how old was the car you traded in
6: well, that's interesting, too, because I usually keep my cars anywhere from 15, believe it or not, to 20 years. Wow. The, the car I traded in was a 2011 Subaru Outback, uh-huh. which which was a pretty safe car for its time. But even with that said, it didn't have any of the things I just mentioned. Yeah. and that, So the car was only 8 or 9 years old, and it still didn't have all these features.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, right.
6: Uh... And, and it's...
0: It's, it's, sure. very, it's very it's very, gratifying to have you do that because there are a lot of people that keep their cars and take good care of their cars, and they're proud of it. And the cars are re- Subaru, amazing and reliable. You could have driven that Subaru probably for another four or five years, but you not only have driven well, that's my wife
6: That's what my wife said. I had a harder time convincing
0: her.
6: <laughs> she said, the car is perfectly fine. It starts all the time. I said, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. It's, I wanted something safer. Yeah, but, right. but So what you told me actually helped me to talk to my wife. <laughs> <There's>
0: <laughs> that's a, fantastic. Rick, Rick
5: has a point he wanted to make here. I beg to differ with you. That Subaru probably would have lasted another 14 to 15 years or more.
6: <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> yes, my neighbor my neighbor has it. I sold it to them, and they're happy with it. But that's them. I wanted something safer.
1: Yeah. It must have been a huge leap for you after owning a vehicle that long and knowing you would have to learn the safety features on the car you were purchasing uh, because it can be very intimidating. But now there is so much out there, again, the internet, our world, and you can go there and you can get these videos that just show you exactly what you have and how to use it with your safety features. So there's an advantage. There's just a big word that you gotta use here and that's patience. So, congratulations. The
0: cool thing about it, Steve, is you're, you're, you know, you're retired, you're an older guy like I am, and uh, I'm not, uh, I'm probably more tech savvy than the average old guy, but I can tell from your experience that uh, these new safety features are intuitive and they are uh, they're automatic. You don't have to be a high-tech genius. You mentioned that blind side indicator and in your cruise control. You talked about the cameras. You don't have to do anything except look. And, and, and you're warned and notified of that car in the public's parking lot, the supermarket parking lot, coming behind you, you hear the warning signal, you see the car coming, it's all automatic. You don't have to be a tech genius. These safety features just take care of you. It's like uh, something that you never had before.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, even to this day, though, my wife still wonders why didn't we just keep the Subaru? But yeah. I do most of the driving.
0: There you are. And,
6: uh, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's, it makes it easier to drive. It doesn't mean that I'm not paying attention more because I am. Yeah. Um, but it's less fatiguing, especially when I go on long trips. It, yeah. It's less fatiguing because it, 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 it really just helps me be a better driver, I feel.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that.
1: that is such yeah, a we loved hearing from you, Steve. Well, you know, I, I,
6: I heard you mention this topic uh, a few weeks ago, but I wasn't able to call back until today because it was about two three weeks ago we actually talked about all these safety features and that, you know, people should um, consider at least looking at these new cars. Even if they don't want to buy one, just look at them to see what the difference is
0: from what see, they have. See, it's, it's so and important. Be, it, it's the most important thing, to, the best reason to buy a car today. You can talk about styling, you can talk about price, you can talk about anything, payments. You should buy a car today if you're driving a 10-year-old car, no question. You are increasing your level of safety for you and your family uh, by, I'm going to pull the number out of here, 50%. I'm probably being conservative, but your, uh, your likelihood of death or injury in a car today, I'm going to say is 50% less than that car you were driving 10 or 15 years ago.
1: Absolutely.
6: And and how much is that? And how much is that worth to a person versus how much they could save by driving their old car? Exactly.
1: Kind of exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know, change can be intimidating. But uh, Steve, we have to tell you, thank you so much for uh, opening the doors and uh, letting uh, our listeners know that uh, you know, you did it, and it can be intimidating, but we need those safety features to keep us all safe.
6: Well, thank you, and, and
0: keep up the good work. Well, All again, you.
1: Steve. Bye-bye. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Take advantage of your anonymous Uh It'll take you a long way. You can express yourself. Now back to Stu.
4: Let's look at some anonymous feedback. Uh, Kudos to you, Earl, for all the efforts you've made and the success you've had getting more people vaccinated against COVID. Do you require your employees at your dealership to get one? This is becoming common, and some colleges are now requiring a shot to come onto campus.
0: Well, you, you asked me a question that uh, Stu and I have discussed at long length uh, with other managers. Uh, we haven't come to a final decision on requiring uh, our people, of course, right now, uh, a number of our people in the dealership aren't qualified for the uh, vaccination because of age and health. Uh, but when everybody's qualified, we have to ask uh, ourselves 5th. that serious question:
4: All adults on April 5th. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. So uh, we'll have to cross that bridge. Uh, uh, we're going to be. We're going to. Right now, if you see, I have a badge, and Sue has a badge, and Rick has a badge, and Nancy has a badge, because we <laughs> we've all been we've all been vaccinated. No, are the employees that are the employees at our dealership that that are vaccinated will be identified with the badge and uh, those that are not uh, will not have the badge uh, I think we're probably going to get close to hundred percent participation because not only is the best for you and your and the employees it's best for our customers and uh, uh, we're uh, we're over what would you say fifty percent sixty percent um, vaccinations
4: of the people eligible. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. I think more than that. um yeah. But uh, it opens up uh, next week to oh, on Monday to 40 year olds, yeah. um, and we got a lot of those. Yeah. And then, um, um and then on the fifth on the fifth uh, of April, everybody. So um, we're going to get an assessment of how many people did it without any um, convincing, and then. Probably we'll try you know, more of a, a positive sort of uh, encouragement campaign, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we'll see where we are. And uh, But it is incredibly important um, uh, to get us back to normal in the, uh, after this pandemic. Yeah, uh-huh. we were
0: supposed to be on the Today Show featuring, we called our team that makes appointments for our customers and uh, appointments for our employees and also our employee customers family team. members. Uh, we call them the COVID Rescue Team, and uh, NBC came down, uh, uh, Carrie... Sanders, the uh, NBC journalist, came down and did some filming. And so we were supposed to be on Friday, but because of the tornadoes in uh, Alabama, in the south there, he had to fly there because he will be doing the live introduction. Hopefully it will be on next week. So you'll have uh, the COVID rescue team uh, uh, that we use. They're all volunteers, and they meet Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and we make appointments for anybody that needs an appointment yeah. that is qualified great job you've done the
1: over, whole, over uh, 100 so team. far yeah um, i think rick had a question
5: i was just going to say anybody that gets vaccinated should get a free puppy from big dog ranch rescue <laughs> free oh. <laughs> well, we, we need the revenue for the, they reason.
4: get to cuddle the puppy oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they can cuddle the puppy <laughs>
5: Them, that, now that'll work yeah they should they should have a puppy cuddle room out there that's right we can <laughs> set one up at the dealership
1: <laughs> um hey listen guys uh, i'm gonna throw a question out here and uh let's uh i'd like to hear from all of you we all would and uh, earl and i were talking this morning and uh, we were just wondering uh, is there anything that you have uh, on your car that concerns you and due to the pandemic and so much going on you've hesitated to go to the dealership and, uh, well, we're trying to encourage you to give us a call with free information.
0: Rick's the guy. If you got a noise, Rick a rattle, a squeak, Stu? Rick Kearney will answer Nancy? your question.
1: Yeah. yeah, and even the recovering car dealer. Okay, where are we going? Facebook, YouTube?
4: I got some more anonymous feedback. Oh, good. All right, uh, this one sounds like a Rick question. My car makes a rotational thumping um, felt in the steering wheel when I accelerate hard and it thumps harder when I go up a hill. If I'm on the highway or driving with little effort, it does not make any thumping. The car is uh, front-wheel drive. It's got 130,000 miles. It's a 2012 Acura TSX. Tires were just replaced and even had tread and, um, and have been balanced.
5: Well, what's going on, Rick? You, a vibration like that and a feeling thumping and banging like that under acceleration, the first thing I'd be looking at is your CV axles.
0: I would, uh, I would have wanted to know, did it thump before they put the new tires on? It sounds like it didn't.
5: Well, they, they said they, ha- they had tires r- uh, balanced and checked. Yeah, okay. Can you read, read one more time on that part, Stu.
4: Uh, tires were just replaced and had oh, good okay. tread and have been balanced.
5: Okay. Has, good, has good even tread. Well,
0: you know, maybe yeah. they did, maybe it thumped before. I don't know.
5: Yeah, yeah, if it if it occurred since they put the tires on, the first thing I'd be checking was the tires. Is I'd be checking, to make sure the lug nuts are all tight. Okay. Uh, but if that's not it, I'd have them check the tires, and otherwise, on a car with that age, uh, if you get a vibration, a thumping feel like that when you're accelerating, these drive axles are the first place I'd be looking.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'd look at the tires anyway. Because oh yeah, first. Yeah, know, I mean, I'd rather check the lug nuts and uh, replace the axle uh, if I. And you got to be careful when you are uh, talking to a car dealer. Uh, sometimes they tend to go toward the most profitable solution.
4: Exactly. It's only natural. <laughs> okay. All right.
1: Okay, folks, uh, we are going to go back to the phones where John. I'm on the phone. I'm on the.
0: Phone. Hey, John. You there? Yes.
7: Good morning.
1: Good morning. I have a question for
7: Rick. Yes. Do you hear me? We do. Loud and clear. Okay. I was upstate in the toner area, and unfortunately, there was a lot of traffic. It was bike week. And I stopped in a racetrack, and the pump was going very, very slow, and it took like 18 minutes to fill it up, and I had no patience. So instead of the trigger, I put it on that automatic lever where you just don't have to hold the handle, uh-huh. and it overflowed tremendously uh, to the gas. a Toyota product now, and oh. I just wondered, with the overflow and gas spilling out, which they absorbed right away, did I do any damage to the canister of the ap- evaporation system? And the reason I say that is, afterwards, every light that you can imagine lit up on my dashboard, including check engine, some kind of three letter code, and another was circle thing down here, which looks like skid marks. Mm. And I really got kind of shook up, but I checked the oil, and everything was fine, the radiator. So I, it, believe it or not, on the way home, I kept on loosening the gas cap and putting it in a different position. And believe it or not, all these flashing lights, I'm telling you, it looked like Rockefeller Center, Christmas huh. treason, huh. you know, season. Is
3: and everything right?
7: seemed to have mm. reset itself. But how do I know that there's no damage done to that charcoal, which Rick's talking about, the charcoal canister?
5: How's the car running right now, John? Does the engine run smoothly?
7: It never affected the running of the car, but these lights flashing on the dashboard, including one that showed something like traction, like a skid mark uh, screen on it, and another one was blinking with a three-letter code, and actually the one that says check engine light, which is an orange one, was on all the time. Yep. But on the way back, I kept on stopping in service areas and I loosened the cap and put it in a different position and finally, I'd say maybe about 75 to 100 miles away from that, it cleared.
5: It sounds like you got pretty lucky. Uh, you probably got a little bit of liquid fuel, got into the charcoal canister, but the system was able to basically clear itself by letting that liquid fuel evaporate and burn through as the normal evaporative emissions like it's supposed to. So you got very lucky. Um, What happened most likely is it triggered a check engine light, and when the check engine, when the engine computer sets a code, a lot of the other computers will set codes as well, and we call them sympathetic codes, and all it's really doing is all those systems are saving the data, the freeze frame data, on what they were seeing at that moment, so that if there was a malfunction, the technician will have more information to help him solve what's going on. So it's, it's going to be normal for a lot of the systems to all trigger at the same time, but it's not a serious issue at this point, point. and if the lights have gone out, and the car's running normal, then you're going to be just fine. And all those codes will eventually erase themselves from the memories.
7: Well, I thank you for that. Because I really, being away from home, I, I got pretty shook up at the time. Sounds like enough it. About mechanics that the hmm. car was running fine, the engine was good, there was no missing, and the uh, oil and radiator fluid was fine.
5: Yeah.
3: But the
7: second thing I want to mention, too, it's, it's at the uh, Volkswagen dealers now. Volkswagen, I think... Believe it or not, they're the number two car maker. I think they're going to wind up back to number one again. And I'll tell you what's going to do it for them. Right now, the new model is out. It's called an ID4. Last year, they had an ID3 total electric car. It was in Europe only. And last year, they sold 230,000 units of it. Again, it was in Europe. But this ID4 is a base $40,000 car, $7,500. GOVERNMENT REBATE, VOLKSWAGEN IS SPENDING $800 million AT THEIR FACTORY IN Chattanooga, TENNESSEE, AND WHAT THEIR TECHNOLOGY IS CALLED TOOLBOX TECHNOLOGY, NO IDEA HOW IT WORKS. IT'S A MODULAR ELECTRIFICATION TOOLBOX, WHICH MEANS THAT VOLKSWAGEN CAN BUILD THIS ELECTRIC CAR FOR MUCH LESS THAN WHAT IT COST TO BUILD A DIESEL OR A GASOLINE CAR. SO I THINK THIS IS WELL WORTH WATCHING. Volkswagen, again, being number two now, and people talk Tesla, 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 but here's a car that people, maybe just the future electric car, and they may be beating them all. I don't know. But I just thought it's worth mentioning. And by the way, bad news, Ford is leaving their Ohio plant, and where are they going? They're building them in Mexico from the Ohio plant. Yeah. So it's both good news and some bad news. But I do think that this ID4 total electric Volkswagen is a vehicle to watch.
5: I think you're right.
1: Absolutely, boy, that was well, th- that was real uh, a real experience for you, uh, John.
7: Oh my God, it shook me up because it sounds I mean, like I've it. always been a Toyota product a buyer, and I first time anything like that happened. But it was totally my fault. And by the way, be very careful. station I knew was a problem but there was a big lineup for gas and I was going to change lanes to go to another one because it was pumping so slowly but I didn't want to wait again on it and I guess it's a lesson to stay away from when you see a pump that's pumping so slow that there's got to be a major problem with it well
5: that's actually a malfunction on the gas stations part it means the filters in that pump were getting full and plugging up and because of that The automatic shutoff system on the gas pump did not uh, operate properly. So that's their fault, not yours, really.
7: And people should be very careful. Never fill above. When you get the shutoff comes on, don't even try to round it off to the next uh, even number. Right. Just stop immediately then and don't go on. But I didn't try that. It's just the shutoff that didn't work. And boy, it sure
3: go was spilling out.
0: Another no, good reason reasonable. to save Thank your receipts your from gas stations. Please. If you do have a problem with a gas station, you know you want to know and have proof where you bought your last tank of gas for a lot of reasons. So that fortunately you didn't need that situation, but you can go against the the gas station uh, liable for repairs on your car, but you got to prove you bought the gas there. Yep.
3: Well, I already contacted
7: just to let them know it's racetrack, and it was on Route 44 at I-95. Yeah so I just uh, I'm sure they were aware of the problem
3: yeah
1: with the definitely. slow pump yeah
7: <coughs> but I just contacted them and I'm waiting to hear from them
1: yeah definitely somebody else probably wouldn't have been as uh, oh well shall I say in control like you were so uh, thanks for the information John it's always great to hear from you
7: right and a fast recovery to you Nancy
1: oh thank you so much John have a wonderful weekend hope to hear thank from you soon thank you thank you um, thank you again oh, okay folks uh 877-960-9960 and youranonymousfeedback.com. You go right there and let your voice be heard uh 877-960-9960 as you can hear there's a lot of ways to get in touch with us take advantage uh earlier i mentioned a question uh i was asking the audience about their cars and uh, if there was something in your car that concerns you And you've just been procrastinating on it um you can get all your answers right here now back to Stu.
4: okay we got some more text um carlos says good morning is greco a car dealer or a construction company looks like an interesting business model um it's a car the one we're talking about is a car dealership it's a it's a car dealer group uh i think they're originally out of new jersey and they got a bunch of dealerships down here um, I did Google it, and there are lots of Greco construction companies, but no, we're, mm. <laughs> we're talking about the car dealers. Okay, then we have another one from Dax. Uh, Dax has a lot of things to contribute, and we're going to stick with just the first one. In the interest of time, he says, Hello, good morning, everyone. I need your help. Coming from a friend. She leased a vehicle. Now it's coming to the end of the lease. She loves it and wants to buy the car. What are the legit fees she has to pay? and my idea is as follows one depreciation of the car two, ttl which is tax, uh, tag and title and a lease buyout fee um he says most youtube videos are um concerning negotiating to buy a car and none for leasing uh, negotiation and uh i can turn it over to earl but i can tell
0: oh, you you know the answer
4: uh well number one the depreciation of the car that's included in her lease payment so um when, her, when you lease a car, you're paying for the depreciation divided up over the number of months you're leasing it for, um, and also a rent charge. Um, the So that's already taken care of. Uh, tax tag and title, yes, when you buy out your lease car, you will have to pay sales tax on it and you'll have to register it because the car was originally registered to the leasing company with uh, her as, a, as an a allowed driver. Uh, then the lease buyout fee. Um, usually that is the one thing you're going to face. They every leasing company has a disposition fee that they charge, it's 350 or something like that that they charge you at the end of the lease unless you lease a new car um from the same leasing company and they'll usually, they'll waive that for you, but if you buy it out they'll charge you. Um that is something you could probably talk to um the dealer about, maybe there's something you could work out. Um but other things you need to worry about um, even though it's her car,
0: well, the disposition fee it goes to the leasing company. Goes to the leasing company. That's so correct. So the dealer can't waive that.
4: No, but he could work it out on like uh, if on the buyout price, so they can say we can make up for that by giving oh. you a little bit more for it. Yeah, he'll tell um,
0: you. He'll tell you. He do it.
4: I'm just what, yes. Okay. What, what. So then the other is the dealer fees, which they will charge also. So if you buy a car, even though it's your car, you didn't come in on an ad, they will attempt to ch- add every single one of their um, uh, hidden fees to, to that price, even though it's your car. So. Those are the things you have to watch
0: out for. You should shop that uh, car with other dealers of that make. So all dealers of that make don't have the same hidden fees. Some are higher, some are lower. You might get lucky and find one right. that will just do it without adding the fees because there's no right. reason. It's it's unconscionable that you're buying your own car, really. I know it a, belongs to a leasing company, but technically uh, only. It's your car. and You yeah. just want to buy it, and they're doing you a favor, and they're high- charging you hidden fees. That's right. And it's unconscionable, but they all do it. So yeah. shop around, find a deal that'll minimize the hidden fees they charge you. One
4: yeah. final thing that's not even likely uh, to—it's ha- not likely to happen—but it's possible. So you're going to bu- She's going to buy the, that car out for the um, the buyout price that was set at the beginning, the residual of the of the car which she leased it. Uh, in some cases, a vehicle is worth more than the re- residual buyout, depending on the car. Um, it's worth looking into. Um, In that case, you might be able to take a little cash out of the transaction.
1: And don't forget the number of miles that you have on your leased vehicle that you may be over. Be aware of that and the charge.
4: If you buy out the vehicle, they don't care about the leased miles. So you can drive. As a matter of fact, that's a great solution for somebody who's gone way way over miles is to buy buy the car because the leasing company's not getting it back. So at that
1: point, they don't care how many miles you put on it. Oh, great information. Um, We are going to go are you finished with that question? Uh, we're going to go to John, who's uh, calling in West Palm Beach. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning. Welcome. I
7: I have a simple question, uh, but the, the uh, that maybe others might have a question about. I have a 2002 uh, Avalon, and it's got the little overdrive button on the stick shift. Uh, sorry about that. Um. The uh, overdrive button um, on the stick ship. When do I, when do I engage that? Do I start from a dead stop and then press the button once I get through the gears, or do I leave that on all the time if I want to be in overdrive? What's the correct way to use that overdrive function?
5: just leave it on it all on YouTube, the time. Th- I'm sure others. Have. Yeah, just leave it on all the time. Overdrive simply means that it's fifth gear. It's a, uh, the one extra gear for high gear travel, like when you're on the highway, it gives you better fuel economy and lets the car travel easier. The only time you'd really, that they left it in that you can turn that off, is say if you were driving in the mountains and you wanted the car not to shift up into that extra gear, so that it would give you a little more uh, speed control. But it's it's really not necessary, just leave it on all the time. Won't hurt a thing. Okay, very good, thank you.
7: That- oh
1: thank right here, john. you john i appreciate it thank you and uh, uh ladies uh, you know i have to say i'm going to remind all of you this is uh, women's uh, history month and this is look at my watch saturday it is the 27th of the month so let's not close this show with one without one more female caller who can win 50 dollars this morning by sharing a story with us or just saying hello 877 960 9960, or you can text us at 772
5: 497
0: 6530. Now back to Stu. I think it works kind of
5: YouTube. Let's do a YouTube. All Uh Larry actually has a couple of questions here. Um, his first one he says, uh, let's get back to it here. Ah, earlier you spoke of special orders, and it sounds like you can special order a Toyota but Toyota site says your local Toyota dealer can advise you whether a preference can be submitted for your desired vehicle, keyword being preference. Uh, Can you expand on that? Yes, absolutely. Um,
4: There is a system that Toyota offers the dealers and it's called the preferencing system. Um, That is what the dealers do every single month. They, they, They go on the computer and they say I want uh, this, number of, uh, this, uh, this number of the LE Camry and this number of the SE Camry. And I'd like this uh, amount in silver and this amount in white. So they preference for their allocation. That's not, an al- it's not a guarantee that you'll get the cars. That's different than a special order. So the preference is just a, how dealers stock their inventories, their new car inventories. A special order has another fancy uh, acronym called DPMS, and that's called the Dealer Pipeline Management System. And what that is, that's, that's the special order. So basically, you give up a vehicle that's coming into you. Um, it's destined, when it gets built, to have X number of equipment to be a certain color. And you can change that. Um, and that is switched with another dealer anywhere in the country. So that's how they do the, um, the special order system. Uh, that's actually a DPMS. So there's a difference between that and preferencing.
5: Yeah. And his next question, if you're buying out a car, are you required to use a dealer can't you just deal with the leasing company?
4: No, they force you to go to the dealer to buy your own car, and I'm assuming they're talking about uh, leasing.
5: Lease, least, yes. Yeah. And the next one I have here from Donovan, it came out yesterday in a company meeting that Elon Musk said Tesla's on trust to build one million cars this year. Ooh. They built 500,000 last year, and they sell every single one of them. It seems adoptions of EVs is starting to take off, one million from a brand the size of Tesla is a lot of cars. Earl, what do you think the car market will look like in the next 24 to 36 months? Do you think the brands could be on the way out, or any brands could be on the way out, because they're not moving to change fast enough with the times?
4: Well, you've already predicted
5: this.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think it's anything's going to happen in the next 24 to 36 months. I think that this is going to happen over the next 10 to 20 years. And... Uh, It's gonna be, um, everybody's going all out to be all electric and I don't know of a manufacturer anywhere that hasn't made at least a verbal commitment. Some of them are ahead of others and of course Tesla's ahead of everybody, but uh, everything's gonna be stable and normal for probably a good five years and you'll start to see the fallouts after five years would be my prediction.
5: And actually a little caught up right now except uh kyle in pennsylvania was asking about the idea of changing transmission fluid in his car Uh, lifetime fluid is what each of the manufacturers have and his particular case because he drives huge amounts of miles he was wondering whether that's considered heavy use and truthfully for the most part manufacturers define heavy use as when you're towing something something is putting an extra strain on the transmission that might require changing that fluid. But otherwise, even for high mileage vehicles, the normal factory fluid, you're safe just to leave it be. And he says he actually travels 60 to 70,000 miles a year and can put four to 500,000 miles on a car before he gets a new one. But you're still pretty safe even with that. Transmissions are incredibly reliable anymore.
0: Let me me tag on that. as a, a tip for everybody listening, the service on cars is very important to the car dealers. Um, believe it or not, they're not making a whole lot of money selling cars. I know uh, you think they are, but they're making money, but they're not, they're making more money servicing cars. Uh, AutoNation is the largest retailer of cars in the world, and 15% of Auto Nation's sales or service parts body shop, you know, we call it the back end. In other words, 15 percent, one five percent of automations uh, revenue and sales is not from cars. Okay, that's a small amount of their sales, but guess what percent of the profit automation gets from the service? Seventy percent. Now, car dealers are caught between a rock and a hard place. The manufacturers are building the cars better than ever. They're highly reliable, low maintenance, uh, very little repairs. A new vehicle today can last three, four hundred, 400, 500,000 miles. It can last 10 or 15 years. And the maintenance is, is minimal. I mean, I'm talking in the first three years, of a few hundred dollars maybe. Yet somehow car dealers need to continue that profit stream. So Rick is talking about transmission flush and uh, transmission change, the fluid, and he said, don't do it. But they're gonna tell you to do it. They're also gonna tell you to flush the the transmission, and they're gonna try to sell you all sorts of stuff. So uh, it's interesting being a car dealer today. The profits are being driven down on car sales because consumers are getting more sophisticated, and they're doing their homework, and they're listening to this show, and they're getting good deals on cars. If everybody got a good deal on a car, the car dealers would lose money big time in the new car department, and they're not able to make it legitimately in the service department. So when you go into a car dealership, they're gonna try to get you in the service department, and they're gonna try to get you in the sales department. The educated consumer is gonna win, and the one that's not is gonna pay the piper and the price to keep that car dealer in business. It's a desperate situation, folks. So please, please be careful when you get your car service. Next, anonymous feedback.
4: Okay. Well, we're stick to text right now. Yeah. Uh, John's call reminded me, and there's no name on this, John's call reminded me of advice I have to give. The gas pump goes much slower when two cars are pumping at the same time on both sides of the pump. If you can help it, pull up to a pump that has no cars using it. You'll fill up your tank a lot faster.
0: Oh, great tip. I didn't know that. Makes sense, though, doesn't it?
4: Yeah. Uh, the next one when cars are in shortage it's called price gouging when the dealer tries to rip you off
0: well price gouging is the legal term for price gouging is it's a necessity in other words gasoline is a necessity uh, uh, medicine is a necessity uh, I, I, you could say during hurricane season uh, uh, duct tape and uh, ladders and, uh, and water are necessities so uh, cars are not necessities Uh, I'm very critical of car dealers but I don't go so far if I use the word price gouging for car dealers even though I probably have said it, I shouldn't say it Uh, it's called supply and demand, it's called educated consumers and uneducated consumers Uh, car dealers will charge the highest price they can get but you don't need to buy the car I mean, at least you don't need to buy it from that dealer, go somewhere else And that's what the competitive marketplace is all about, freedom of choice. So you should shop around, find the deal that will treat you right, and give you the lowest price. Price gouging you're a hurricane, when you have to have gas for your car, the gas stations, uh, they should put them in jail. Because you have to have the gas, or you have to have the protection for your home. Uh, or you have to have the medication, the pharmaceutical companies should be put in jail for what they do. That's price gouging.
5: Food, water, ice.
0: Exactly. Necessities.
4: Okay. Mm -hmm. The next one. Um, A few months ago, you were simultaneously praising the Costco auto program and warning about it. You explained that the program was actually run by a third-party company. Costco is so good at everything, why can't they administer it themselves?
0: Well, I tell you, that is the greatest question. It's, a tr- it's something uh, Stu and I have fought. We've actually met with the uh, executives of this third-party company. What are they, Alliance? What's the name of the third-party company? I
4: think it's Alliance. Yeah,
0: or yeah they're, they're a third-party company. They're owned by Costco, or they're contracted by Costco. They're not owned by Costco. And Costco, of all the good things they do, I can only say two things negative about them. The nitrogen they put in their tires, even though it's free, (laughs) in their service department, and they're outside, they're outsourcing their auto buying program. Now with that said, they do have good rules, and it is the best game in town, but nothing's perfect. I wish Costco would either take over the whole, either fire Alliance and start their own uh, member buying program, or, or, or take control of Alliance so that they could enforce the rules. The problem is, with the Costco auto buying program, when you go into a car dealership, the car dealerships are so crooked that they will lie to you about the Costco auto buying program. They'll tell you that uh, they're giving you the Costco price, and they're not. Now, with that said, you can go to Costco and report them, and they will eventually get to the dealer to straighten out. But why should the burden be put on you? Let Costco administer their own auto buying program. And they're making money on it, because I guarantee you, Alliance is paying Costco, and uh, why shouldn't they get involved? So I love Costco, and I love the Costco auto buying program, but they're not perfect, and that's the reason I criticize
4: them. They manage their hot, hot dog sales.
0: Yeah, Yeah. the best hot dogs and the chickens. $4.99. How can anyone be starving in the United States when you can buy a chicken at Costco for $4.99 and it feeds two people, three people. Mm
4: lots of protein you and, can live off delicious. chicken
0: you can live off chicken and never there would be no starvation hunger in this country you okay. co- uh, nancy's
1: cutting you <laughs> uh, we are gonna That's go to uh, there's a lot of people that are really hungry anyway uh maybe they should just pass them out free let's go to warren he's in pompano beach and he is a regular caller good morning warren
8: good morning guys hey i got a question for you and earl sort of about the leasing going back to that uh first of all i just want to say one thing uh i was thinking about buying my daughter's car off the lease because she hasn't used it but up in new jersey you just pay go directly to the bank or the leasing company you don't have to go through the dealer because they inquired about it and they said you know if you want the car just send a check and obviously tax and tag and all that kind of stuff oh i didn't know that <laughs> But you don't have to go through the dealer at
4: all. I mean, I think it's Florida law doesn't allow dealers, uh, manufacturers to sell.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought New Jersey law does too. I, but it must be another quirk of the law. But yeah. that's great information. Thank you, Juan.
8: Yeah, yeah. You just yeah, you just call them up and they told me the price of the car. And they, you know they said if you want finance, but it was a couple of months away, so I was thinking about it. And they said, you know, send us a check, and obviously we'll add, you know, tax and you know, whatever whatever's on it, and that's the end of it. Um, So you don't have to go through the deal at all. The other thing I wanted to ask you about leasing, and I know you're the doctor of cars, and I'm in no way saying you're right or wrong, but my theory is I'm 70 years old, and I'm thinking about leasing a car. And my theory is about leasing, and I could be wrong, tell me, is that you can lease two cars to the price of one car over six or seven years. Now, obviously, after seven years, you're going to be ahead of the game. But do I really care if I'm 77 years old and really matter to me that much? I'm just
0: curious what can you mean Well, no, I understand. And listen, uh, the, the advantage to leasing is the low monthly payment. And uh, you look at leasing when you compare it to buying only if you're looking at a long-term situation. I'm 80 years old. I'm not looking at the long-term as much as I used to. Uh, but if I was a younger person, And I was buying cars. I said, look, I'll probably buy 15 cars over my lifetime. And I'm going to start out. I'm going to buy the car. When you buy the car, Juan, you are building equity in the car. And you are the owner of the car. So after three or four years driving a car, you build enough equity so you can trade that car in on another car and get a big down payment and have yourself a lower monthly payment. When you lease a car, you're pretty much trapped. You lease a car, then you lease the next car, and you lease the next car. If you change your mind, you're in for a shock when you finds out what your monthly payment's going to be when you decide to buy the car. You'll either be shocked by the high monthly payment or the high down payment that you have to make to make your monthly payment the same as it was when you leased. But it's all a mental thing. It's a shock. The fact of the matter is, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I
8: mean, it's just yeah. I, again, I don't think
0: there's
8: any right or wrong. I, think I No, you're I right. Think and I wake up and when I'm 77 and say, oh, I made a big mistake. And, of course, who knows what's going to be like 77. Sure. The other yeah. question I have for you uh, is um, you were saying about paying off the lease if you're sick. Don't you have to pay the car off if you take the car out on payment? You can't drive, don't so you still have to pay the payment?
0: So say that again, one I didn't catch Uh
8: Okay, let's say you, you buy the car and you get sick and you can't drive. Okay, you bought it on payment. You still have to pay the payments on the new car, as you would on the lease. I mean, they're not
0: going to let you off the hook. Well, sure. Yeah. If you exactly. Yeah. You, you still have to make the payments, but the point is, you might even have equity in the car, and you could sell the car. Uh, you could you could actually make a profit on the car. But yeah, if you just bought the car and you had 60 month payments, uh, you you have to make those 60 payments, even if you're too sick to drive too sick to drive the car. But uh, once you once you break, once you're at break even, you don't have negative equity. It's an asset, not a liability. But during the time it's a liability, you still got to worry about uh, making your payments.
8: Yeah, and one last. Sentence. There was an article in the New York Times yesterday, and it said the color of the car makes a lot of difference uh, in what the value of the car is. And listen to the colors, and I don't want to go into that. I mean, obviously, you guys could read the article. But I just, you know, if you read the article. I wonder maybe if you'd comment on it the next time and the next show or two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What what uh, what uh, day was that in the New York Times? You yes, I
8: believe it was yesterday. I think. It, it, well, let me rephrase. It was yesterday. It was Friday? It was either Thursday or Friday. I, okay. I get the times online. But sometimes there are days evening ahead. So yeah. it, it was, there was a whole, a pretty big article about the paint, the color of the paintings, and you know all the things that go into the paintings you know, yadda yadda yadda, but I thought something you'd be really interesting in is you wanted to take a look at it. I'll catch
0: it? it, yeah, and I subscribe to the Times, I'll get that copy and I'll take a look at it, and we'll talk about it next week. Alright,
8: thank you guys, you've got a great show, I to it. well, uh, talking to you
0: again. Well, thank you Juan, I appreciate an info about New Jersey and leasing, and uh, you folks in New Jersey are very lucky that you can deal directly with a leasing company, when you buy out your lease, you're avoiding a, a lot of yeah, hidden I, fees. I, I, you know,
8: I, I've done that twice in my life. I mean, yeah. once in my life, like I said, I called them and they said, Yeah, you want the car when the lease is up? Send us a check. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you got the car. We'll send you the paperwork, you know, and all you add is tax, whatever the, the, yeah. the real fees are. They, they, they're, they're in no position to add anything on it. So because I'll just send you, with the, with the fees of the data, if you want to register in Jersey, you want to register in Florida, whatever you want to register, yeah. it, we'll just put the tax on that state on
0: Great information, thank you very
8: much. You got
0: a great day, Thanks for Okay, Warren. thank
1: you. Man. Great hearing from you, 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Ladies, uh, we have uh, some time left. I have uh, $50 here for the next female, new female caller. So uh, let's not close out the show without one more female caller. Um, Margaret maybe you can give a shout out to one of your friends to give us a call I'm sure there's somebody out there that had a experience at a car dealership Whether it would be service, sales, anything at all Share it with us this morning We'd love to hear from you Again that number is 877-960-9960 Now back to the, bo- the guys
4: All right, Got a text Hi this is Larry again How can I get oil stains out of my concrete driveway? A great question and oh. we we hear that question a lot. a lot um it's really tough to do especially if it's dirty oil um, oh. um it, the oil gets in there and unfortunately it's really tough we i don't destroyed. think
0: you can't i think answer is you can't get it all right I
4: we've tried. seen products No, we've seen products we've tried them and they don't work that great now there's one solution other than getting a new driveway uh, that we have had success with and that's staining the concrete so um usually when you have a driveway most of them sell or just the plain concrete there are companies that do a staining can bring it down to like a like a slightly darker gray, and that will hide the stain. We actually we've done that before, where we screwed up, where we've had a um, an oil leak in a driveway where we didn't tighten an oil cap well enough, and that was the solution. And it cost uh, several hundred dollars, but um, but it did get rid of the stain, or right. it, it hid the stain. It didn't get rid of
0: it. Yeah. You could just pour oil over the entire driveway. That's basically what they. Did. That's
4: yeah. basically what they're doing, but they're not using oil. <laughs>
1: Do you, do you ever go out your front door, look at the driveway, and you go, oh, my God, who I was that that turned around in my driveway and they left oil?
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the and the tire marks, too.
1: Rerun the camera. Exactly.
4: All right. Uh, here's another text. If I get a price online from a dealer on their website and I print it and bring it in, it's in writing, don't they have to honor the price? No. <laughs> Care to elaborate? <laughs>
0: No, it's just all BS. I mean, you get a price online from the dealer, it doesn't mean anything. You'd be surprised. The price is a lie. And it takes me back to my attacking our legislators and our regulators for ignoring uh, the constant breaking of the law by car dealers, and they do it all the time. Our Mr. Shopping Report, I won't give anything away, but it was a lie in the online price
4: so listen to the show more often and listen to these mystery shopping reports there is a million ways they get out the price and we we, we call it out every time Uh, the ultimate disclosure on their website was like dealers not responsible for typographical errors so anything printed on the site can be claimed to be an error and also there's rebates that you will not qualify for that are included in that price and there are fees that will be added to them there's no way it's a mess And, yeah, um, we share your frustration. That's why why we started a radio show. Our
0: (laughs) maximum number 202, totally ignore all dealer advertising. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, We are going to go back to the phones. It is a happy moment. We are going to close the show with another female caller. Thank you for your support. Uh And welcome to the show, Trish. And uh, you've won yourself $50. What can we do for you this morning? Well, I
2: had an issue with when I brought my first call from a dealership and they told me that because of my credit wasn't so good, that I can refinance after two years of paying on time and, you know, making sure the payments are always there. And after the two years was up and I made sure all my payments, they tell me that there is no such thing as refinancing
9: the loan
3: because
0: of the type of loan i have trish that's, that's not true I it. it's that uh, they they were uh, they were untrue in what they told you you can refinance your car anytime you want to it's usually a not a good idea too soon into the loan because the finance will give you a prepayment penalty the bank or whatever uh, will charge you a prepayment penalty early uh, but uh, at, a, at, at the right time It definitely does pay, if your credit improves, to refinance your car, and you should look around. Uh, You also should have not believed the dealer when he gave you the first payment because you always should get several quotes from different banks or credit unions, and if the dealer wants to give you a quote too, that's fine. But typically, when you look at two or three places, you'll have a lower interest rate than if you just take the dealer's word for it. The bank that he used, he got a kickback a commission. And the higher the interest rate he charged you, you the higher the commission he made. But yes, you should be able to refinance it. Go directly to the bank. Don't rely on the dealer. Go to your bank and say, what will you charge me in terms of prepayment to refinance the car and how much will I save? Probably will save a lot of money. Yeah, because I was doing
2: 29.9%
0: that's a it's lot of money.
2: they charged yeah. me for yeah. wow. Plus I had to put down
3: almost um, yeah. I like two, 2 to 5 percent, something like that. Well, if your
0: credit yeah. is much better, you know, if your your Beacon score, your FICA score is much better and your credit is much better today than it was two years ago, you'll save a
1: lot of money.
3: Yeah, definitely about 200 points
1: difference. Yeah. Amazing. Just uh, you know, doing doing a little research, and uh, you, you know, Earl and I we get uh, three estimates on everything. So you know, looking all of that up, your financing, you know, way ahead of the game is uh, you know it'll will t- re- de- definitely uh, take you a long way, and there are three or four of them that you can look at your own bank and several other options, and it will okay, save you a I lot didn't of know money. My bank
3: can do
2: it.
1: Sounds good. Okay, uh, Trish, um, I hope we've answered your questions. And we want to thank you for being a female caller and helping us here uh, to encourage other ladies to give us a call. Oh,
2: no problem.
1: Thank you. I'll wait to hear from you. Have a wonderful weekend.
2: You too. Thanks.
1: You're welcome. 877 960 9960, or you can text us at 772. 772- four nine seven six five three zero don't forget we have the mystery shopping report that'll be coming up um shortly uh from essential ford and it's a doozy okay we are going to go back to youtube uh kyle's
5: asking if the value of a car is several thousand less than the buyout price how negotiable is that price with a leasing company
0: Re- repeat that again, the buyout price.
5: If the value of the car, the the uh, what the what actual value of the car, is several thousand less than the buyout price, oh, I see. can you negotiate that buyout price when dealing with a leasing company? Nope. Nope, oh, the buyout price is in the contract. Ah, so it's just, it's set and that's it. Mm-hmm. Ah.
4: That's why most people don't um, end up buying their lease returns, uh, leases at the end of the lease. Um, in some cases... um. It makes sense, and sometimes, like we talked about earlier, um, you have to get out of lease, and the only solution is to buy, is to buy it out. But you now uh, that's set in the contract, and uh, and you got to pay that price. Yeah, you know,
0: lessors are so aggressive now that they're using the residual value to keep the lease payment down, so they raise the buyout price to keep the payment down, and uh, it's premeditated so they can lease more cars. They've suddenly realized that leasing is hugely more profitable to them because your likelihood of repeating with someone you lease from is much higher than repeating with someone you buy from.
4: Hmm. All right, we, we got a text, uh, oh, do we have a caller?
1: We do, sir. Awesome. Uh, we're going to go to uh, West Palm Beach and talk to Bobby. Good morning, Bobby.
4: Hi, good
9: morning, everybody.
1: Welcome uh, back. You
9: were talking about, thanks, you were talking about uh, service as a profit center for the car dealers. And I've used uh, some of your advice, Earl, and had some success with it right. in that I go to the different, car, the different car dealers' websites and pick out the coupons for what service I need. So I'll go to Palm Beach Toyota and get the oil change coupon, and then I'll go to Delray Toyota and get the uh, alignment coupon. And then when I call to make my appointment, I'll just tell them I'm going to use more than one coupon if you want my business. You got to take all the coupons. Great. And for the most part, it seems to work. They they make it sound like I, I'm changing I don't know like changing one of the commandments or something <laughs> to, to to do it. But um, but they usually go along doing it. And and the alternative is okay. Then I just won't get my brakes done there. I'll I'll take it to the other place that has the coupon and see if they want my business. And that seems to work. So you don't have to get you don't. You don't have to get too mad at the people you're talking to um but you do have to be sort of firm about
0: it yeah
1: sounds like you're in control
0: yeah it's uh, bobby that's great i love it and uh yeah. these coupons are a loss leader car dealers don't like the coupons but they're unnecessary evil. they want to get you in the door and you're using their tool against them and it works great and you you know the the popular items uh, maintenance items like wheel changes tire rotations and balance they have to advertise and talk about those prices and they give you coupons and so it's something you can really actually get an oil change where you, you actually make a, they lose money I mean there's some of these uh, uh, specials they advertise they actually can't make money on so you' you're, you're using that uh, to your advantage and you hit it big with the brakes or the Transmission or anything. If you have an expensive repair, that's where they really get you because you can't find out what a transmission overhaul costs. You can't find out, really, usually sometimes what a what a brake overhaul will cost. Uh, it's harder to get the prices on the high price items, and they get you in the door so they can say you have to have this expensive repair done, and you shouldn't drive the car the way it is. And then they got you. They they lost ten dollars on the oil change, and they made a thousand dollars on the repair. So you you're onto their game, and you're beating them at their own game. Congratulations.
9: Um, and one other thing, I was I hadn't been in your car dealership in a while, I guess, but it's really nice in there. You have it all fixed up. It's it's a it's a nice place to be, even given the the pandemic.
0: Thank um, you. Everything's all fixed up and it really looks nice. Well, be sure to check out the fish tank. We have a thousand gallon fish tank there that we're very proud of and a beautiful seawater uh, aquarium with all sorts of really cool fish and coral. And uh, take a look at it next time you're in.
1: Okay, I will. And it's nice you got your own car wash now.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you. I'll talk to you again. I think we're going to go back to Stu.
4: Yep, uh, uh, text for Rick. Uh says, Hi Rick, Steve from New Jersey. Months ago you mentioned installing a clear plastic shield to protect your headlights. What were the results of your test? Thanks. P.S. I did the same with my new car and the lights
5: um, have been well protected. It worked. Alright. It worked. However, I do recommend find a professional with good experience to have those installed because right. of the shape of the headlights and to make them look good. It could be a sticky and, mess. Oh.
4: Very frustrating.
5: Oh, I, <laughs> I, I fought with it.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, I could imagine that. Sounds like a project that can get out of hand very quickly. Mm. Yep. Um, next text says, uh, looking to buy a car for under 3000 from a private owner at a local auto shop. Um, should I have the car checked out at a different shop to be sure it's okay, or should I just buy it? Also, what should I look for before
0: purchasing? You know that answer.
4: So I do. Um, yeah, definitely take it to um, another shop. Um, hopefully the guy, the guy selling it won't be offended but this isn't personal it's business um, you've got to protect yourself um, the if you bring it to a trusted mechanic that you know <coughs> somebody who's not selling it um, they can go over and point out the things um, Rick could chime in on some specific things you want to look for um, but um, the best thing to do is get it to a third party just to take a look at it and you should do that whether you're buying it from a, a private buyer or, or a dealer um, c- because oftentimes problems are passed along uh, to the new owners. Uh, Rick, what specifics should they be checking out
5: that should be obvious to them? Obviously, any maintenance items, uh, brakes, tires, looking at the filters, light bulbs out. Uh, look for any electrical problems that they might be able to see, any drivability issues, You know, take it for a good test drive. Uh, basically, you're going to need to try to add up how much it's going to cost to make sure that car is proper and safe for you versus how much is the car really worth in order to determine that value.
4: That's right. And you can use that um, in negotiating with the, um, the owner of the vehicle. If you take it to a third party, they say it's going to cost about 750 bucks to get it uh, d- acceptable. Uh, you need to go back to the guy and say either fix these things or work it out of the price so I can pay to have them fixed. All right. We can jump over to some anonymous feedback. Um, hey, Earl. Um, how is it possible that Toyota has access to live satellite imagery? The bird's eye view on the latest cars is great, um, but isn't this a national security issue if anyone can get a live satellite image of their car? (laughs) Um, I hate to break it to you, Anonymous. um, (laughs) The the bird's eye view is really cool. Um, It looks like you're looking from above your car, uh, but that's a computer image, and they use cameras around the car to see the surroundings on the car so you can see if somebody's to the side if you're pulling into a parking spot, or if there's somebody hiding um, behind your car waiting for it to, to get you. Um, but that's not satellite imagery. There's actually little cameras under the uh, rear view mirrors, right? And there's mm-hmm. some up in the front of the car, in the back of the car. It's really it, cool, it really yeah,
0: looks real, though. It, it? it?
4: looks like you're looking, you're flying over your car like a bird. And, um, and I can see how, um, at glance you might wonder if that's a zoomed image from outer space, but it's not.
3: <laughs>
5: uh. I'm gonna tell the secret, okay? It's actually an invisible drone that hovers over your car uh, all the time, giving <laughs> you a downwards <laughs> view I'm gonna, I'm
4: going to get my dad really angry because I'm going to have a silly sidebar. I'm always s- looking up a, see there's a drone following me. <laughs> I would like to see cars come with a, a drone that's docked in the car so when you're in a traffic jam, you can launch it up and see where to go. Live uh, traffic report. You've already yeah. got that. <laughs>
5: well, Apple I'll Maps you. gives you an idea of what the traffic is.
4: To, it to
1: does. Talk about the cutting edge. It's
4: not perfect.
5: Yep.
4: <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, We have another anonymous uh, comment. Regarding new Highlanders, one thing a couple of YouTube reviewers have mentioned is the door armrest not being well positioned. They say it's a bit too far away to rest your arm while still holding the wheel. What's your experience? It's a deal breaker for me. I would say you need to sit in one of these vehicles and find out for yourself, because everybody's shaped differently. Um, My wife drives a Highlander. I I don't know if your stature, she's 5'2", um, she loves the car and she's really comfortable, but that's her, so um, any car you're, you need to sit in it and drive it, preferably for more than 15 minutes if you can get an overnight test drive or at least a few hours and, and really get a feel for it, because there's nothing worse than spending $50,000 or $45,000 hmm. and you hating it. You
0: know, CarMax be uh, is advertising overnight test, uh, test drives, and every manufacturer should do that. I mean, every, every retailer should yeah. do that. Uh, uh, you should take a car for at least uh, a day, preferably 24 hours. And if you want to, ask the dealer for a couple of days. Uh, <laughs> every car is built for different types of people. And as Stu said, uh, if you rush into a car and you find out there's something uncomfortable about it, after you take delivery, you own the car. When you buy a car and you drive it home, the dealer will not take it back. Yeah. 99 out of 100 dealers we will not take it back. We've
4: seen situations where it's so uncomfortable people have been willing to, to spend thousands of dollars just exactly. to get out of their car oh, yeah. six months down the road, a year down the road when it's t- when it's too late to return the car yeah. and yeah. they're willing to take the hit um, just to be comfortable.
1: And you know, it's a, it's just amazing the number of people that don't take uh, a test drive, you know, and take into consideration that front seat that driver's seat that you're going to spend so much time in. There's no turning back once right. you right. sign on the dotted line. It's and if you've got back problems, wow. Yeah,
5: like the dealers like to say, you're an owner and you've got to deal with it.
0: I mean Rick has a point. He's raving right at me.
5: It might even be worthwhile to consider finding a rental company that has that car available and rent it for a Absolute. day or two. That's uh, a great idea. So that's I mean, good, at least yeah. if the dealership won't let you borrow the car, you know, for Whatever mm-hmm. reasons, mm-hmm, yeah. red one for a day or two, just to mm-hmm. just to see.
1: Yeah, no. you you need some time. That's a great great advice, Rick.
5: You got
4: time for one more anonymous? Sure. Yes. Okay. Why does Toyota? Uh, this I'm I'm thinking this is a Rick Rick question. Why does Toyota have a DRL that's daytime running lights? Why does Toyota have a DRL offsetting on the sig- signal stock instead of in the settings in the car system? So they're saying on your your turn signal thing that you use. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want your D R R L on, you're forced to use. What, what, what is i R L? I'm sorry, I already defined it. Daytime running lights, D R L.
0: Does anybody know what that means? I never heard of it. That.
4: D R L. That's what the I know, I, you. know yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, like if you're on the websites anywhere, it yeah, says D R L. So, um, yeah, maybe they're trying to make it a uh, make it catch on. <laughs> Let's make it catch on here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if you want your daytime running lights on, you're forced to use the auto function. Why well, can't Toyota change this? So in the off position, the daytime running lights stay on. Also, second question, most new Toyotas have LED headlights. How long are they supposed to last? Forever. And do you have to replace the entire housing
5: if it burns out or prematurely fails? Last question first. Yes, if it fails, you gotta replace the whole assembly. Um, LED headlights are fantastic and they do last uh, supposedly forever. Uh, it, it's possible for them to fail. Well, but things
4: can go wrong, but they're not yeah, going to burn out like that. Yeah,
5: they last way longer than anything else. Uh, as for why they don't switch the daytime running lights, I don't know. That's the engineers, but my personal opinion, they should do away with daytime running lights. You should have normal headlights and taillights on 24-7 the while the yeah. car is operational. Yeah. Because you see a lot of people driving around with their daytime running lines on
0: how would you spot a
5: funeral by the hearse by the the escort motorcycles but you can see people at night with headlights but no (laughs) taillights because they're using daytime running lights and they don't know they have no taillights on
1: yeah
0: mystery shopping report, right?
1: okay before we get to that mystery shopping report uh let's take a look at earl's confessions of a recovering car dealer and the best news of all, besides there being so much information in this, I call it a Bible, uh, is that uh, 100% of the uh, contribution that you're going to pay for this book goes straight to Big Dog Ranch. Straight to Big Dog Ranch. You can go to Amazon <coughs> and you can, that dog's putting on some weight, I think. Oh, <laughs> no. Anyway, you can go to Amazon and you can pick up Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Take advantage of that, it's a great book. It is quite an investment. Now we're going to get to the Mystery Shopping Report from Essential Ford, and uh, the lines are, uh, phone lines are closed, and we'd like you to vote on the Mystery Shopping Report. Now back to the Recovering Car Dealer.
0: Yeah, we didn't talk about the Mystery Shopping Report at the beginning of the show, but this is a unique feature of the show. This is an undercover shopper that we sent in secretly to pretend to buy Lisa a Lisa car, and we do this every week, and it's a high point of the show. Our mystery shop is was said, Essential Ford in Stewart, Florida. We set out this week to mystery shop Advantage Ford of Stewart, Florida, but then we experienced a hiccup. There's no longer an Advantage Ford. Didn't even know that. Nope. We learned this from Agent Lightning, our female shopper, who during her mission prep discovered that Essential Ford kept coming up whenever she Googled Advantage Ford. <laughs> Light, uh, Lightning uh, contacted the team to make sure we hadn't made a mistake. None of us at own Cars knew that Advantage Ford a Stewart had been sold. A little research uncovered the buyer, someone we, we know very well, a lot of people know very well, John Stalupi. John Stalupi, in addition to being a yacht builder and a philanthropist, uh, has been a titan in the car business for decades, and is the owner of the ninth largest dealer group in America, the Taloupi Auto Group. John is well known locally, especially for his provocatively named mega yachts, all after the James Bond series, mm-hmm. and they uh, got uh, diamonds uh, only or uh, octopusy or yeah. uh, you know all the all the names of the James Quantum Bond And these are huge. Just, uh, And he's also known because he bid on the first 2020 Toyota Supra and won and bought that Supra for charity for $2,100,000. The Salupi Auto Group has 43 dealerships all across the country and boasted uh, 62,570 new vehicle sales in 2019, the most recent data we had. There's also John Salupi and his son And I I believe they're both owners. They may have uh, uh, two different groups. I'm not sure how that goes, but uh, there are there is a son who is more active now. I think uh, in the group than uh, Sloopy. Sloopy John Senior has got a lot of other interest, and uh, I think John Junior is focusing more on auto sales, uh, auto dealerships. I happen to know John Sloopy. Uh, You said very well, Stuart. I know him. I know him Uh, mainly because I've. I competed with him, several of his dealerships, and uh, his antique car museum, and his major offices are right across the street from my Toyota dealership, and that's in uh, North Palm Beach Lake Park, uh, where the uh, the Village Shops, the,
4: the old oh. Twin City Mall, old Twin City Mall. Yeah.
0: Anyway, <clears throat> Stu says riff on relationship with John Slopey. Don't really have time. I know John uh, for a long time. Uh, he's a, he's kind of like a recovering car dealer, I mean uh, we go way back to uh, when I first started in the business really and uh, I've, I've, I used to have lunch with him and uh, uh, he's a great guy, he's a lot of fun and uh, extremely interesting guy.
4: He used to own Palm Beach Toyota, right?
0: Yeah, owned, yeah, was, Palm Beach Toyota, exactly. Uh, I don't think we've ever mystery shopped a Sloopy dealership, it's tough to tell. John doesn't put his name on his buildings. However, we shopped this particular location when it was Vantage Ford Stewart. We were there last in May 2020 when Agent Thunder investigated an ad for Memorial Day sale that promised a (laughs) $17,500 off a sticker MSRP on new F-150s. Of course, the ad turned out to be bait and switch and Vantage Ford was given a poor grade of C. By the way, Vantage Ford, I think it's been there for a long time. Family owned or One person owned it, Uh, it had to be there 25 or 30 years. Really surprised that uh, Stalupe bought him out, but uh, he did. And uh, maybe he'll be making more moves into this area. A change in ownership means huge changes in all aspects of a dealership sometimes. uh, Sometimes a new owner cleans house, replaces a large number of employees with his own people. Sometimes they keep almost everyone except senior management. The case with the Dodge, the uh, Stanley, uh, what was it? Uh, Larry Morgan,
3: mm-hmm. Larry
0: Morgan Group, um, big group, about the size of Tulipies, bought out all the Regal stores. But the Regal brothers kept the name on the stores, and they also are doing the advertising. So you know the clowns you see on TV, very entertaining commercial. Arrigo, uh that's actually Larry Morgan owned now. They bought them about what six months ago. Yeah, it was earlier this year. Yeah. So, uh, it's interesting to see, interesting to be, see what happens Excellent. with Stalupe buying the uh, Advantage Ford. Uh, what kind of impact will this have? Well, we're going to find out. Agent Lightning went in, we'll, hopefully we'll find out. Here's the report. I'll sp- be speaking as if I were Agent Lightning. Before heading up to Stewart, I went, to, I went online to find my target vehicle on EssentialFord.com. That's their website, EssentialFord.com found a new two, uh, 2021 Ford Mustang GT Coupe premium uh, in shadow black. The MSRP was $54,687, and the online price was $52,497. Where was it? You'll see what I mean by that a little later. MSRP, $54,000, manufacturer suggested retail price. The $52,097 price had a line crossed to it, Uh, There was no context or explanation, but the implication was that an even lower price was possible. When I got to the dealership, stepped inside the showroom, I was greeted by a very nice young lady who was wearing a mask. Everyone was wearing a mask. That's refreshing. She asked how she could help, and I told her I was there to buy a new Mustang. She said she'd get me a salesperson. She wasn't a salesman. She was a greeter. She returned with Alex, who uh, led me to a nearby table, and offered me a seat. Alex was the salesperson. I told Alex that I tried to buy a car there three years ago uh, when it was still Advantage Ford. I said I had a terrible experience. Ended up buying from Mullinex. Alex said uh, I had good timing. Advantage Ford sold out and was under a new owner. He said the new owner fired everyone except maybe four people. I asked him who the new one was but he didn't know. didn't know the new owner. Uh, uh, however, he, uh, the new owner does want to change the way customers and employees are treated. And, of course, you'd expect him to say that. Alex went on to tell me about himself and how he'd leave the restaurant business because of COVID. A lot of the people did. Very unfortunate. So far, he really loves the car business. He seemed like a genuine guy. We talked about the car I wanted, the 2021 I'm um, Agent Lightning. I wanted the 2021 Mustang GT Premium. Then Alex collected my personal information, driver's license, and so on. He found the shadow black one. It seemed to be the same car I saw online, but the MSRP was 53,295, And the one online was 54, 687. I told you to remember that. But it was close enough, and I, I let it go. Alex left to get a key, disappeared in the back. He came back a minute later to ask me where I wanted my payment to be. <laughs> Here we go. Car business. Only Somebody somebody made him yeah. go back out there yeah. and find out. That's yeah. what happened. I'm in Publix, and I got the T-bone steak, and the cashier says, "No, where would you like your price on the steak to be? A dollar. <laughs> let me, well, let me get the manager. Let's talk turkey. Wait. <laughs> I just want the steak. No, wait no, a wait, minute. No. I want you to get a deal on this Are you going
4: to take the stake <laughs> home today?
0: <laughs> I said I wasn't connected with payment, uh, concerned with payment. I wanted to know what my bottom line out-the-door price would be. Boy, they got to hate that. Alex said he'd l- get the specific numbers later and asked if I was okay with 50000 to 60000 <laughs> It gets you the stake for between $8 a pound and $25 a pound. Is that an acceptable range? I mean, yeah, fifty ten thousand dollar range. I said that was okay. <laughs> and he left again. Okay, he was back in a minute with a, a plate and a key, a license plate, and a key asked me to stand out front and he said he'd pull the vehicle around. I went outside and saw Alex parking a beautiful black Mustang. It was a stunning car. And I'll bet you this is what they told uh, this is what Ancient Lightning told you, right? Yeah, she probably said, well, oh, man, that was, and oh it is.
4: She sent me about a dozen pictures of the oh, car. Oh,
0: man, that black, and see, this is where the car salespeople, you got a gorgeous, sexy car, man, oh, man, your, you know, your hormones take over, your, your mind goes in neutral, and you act on emotion, I love that black Mustang, I'll pay anything for that, and that's where they get you, folks, I'm telling you. I walked around it taking pictures, and she really did, that was because she wanted to, and she sent them to Stu. She loves the Mustang.
4: Yeah. Jonathan and, just had the, the image up on the screen streaming, so uh, yeah, you can see the yeah, car. Yeah. yeah,
0: and it is a gorgeous car, and she loved it, she really did, uh, and uh, she probably would have bought the car uh, and paid too much money for yeah. it had she not <laughs> no, been no. in training.
4: No, Agent she, Lightning is now seasoned. Mm-hmm. Oh, she not looked, now. No, 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 She's in better I'm, position.
0: I'm talking about before we trained her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now there was also an addendum sticker affixed to the glass near the minronea little. The addendum added another $1,392 to the MSRP. It was for tent, <laughs> VIN, etch, oh, man, that's Mickey Mouse, 200 bucks for that, wheel locks, an auto butler.
4: Now that sounds like a good deal. I mean, I get a butler for only 700 bucks. I mean...
0: What? I'm just kidding. A butler. I'm auto, joking. Oh, a butler. A butler. I, got <laughs> I got it, yeah. I love a auto, butler. Auto butler, yeah. <laughs> uh, the dealer's list price was 54687 six eighty-seven. Dealer list price. Whoop! I realized this was the online price. The listing online included the addendum labels. It also labeled it MSRP. Now that's not right. In fact, it's a federal law violation. It was thirteen hundred ninety-two dollars more than the MSRP, and we got to believe that this was probably not premeditated, but it could have been. Don't we know. don't know. You don't know. Could have been the person that put the ad together. Could have been the sales manager. You well, just don't know why that happened. It's
4: likely an automated thing because it's on all their listings. So. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it might be something they overlooked.
0: It's a serious thing to overlook. Uh, We took a a great test drive, this thing was fun. Uh, On the way back I gushed about the car, I I told Alex I wanted to see the numbers. We re-entered the showroom, found the same table, I sat down, Alex went over to the sales manager's lair. He was gone for 15 minutes, when he returned, Caleb, the sales manager, was with him. Okay. We've got Alex and Caleb now. We both sat down and Caleb began presenting figures to me that were printed on a worksheet. The top, la- uh, top line labeled market value selling price was $54,687. Uh, that included the addendum. My total saving was $750. Made my adjusted price $53,937. Here we go. Hidden fee. We call it a dock fee. $899. Added along with a staggering 833 in non-tax fees. Now, non-tax fees, that's... Uh, that's, uh, your that's your tag and registration. Yeah, that, the that's most it can be. It can, it can be, I don't think.
4: It could be that
0: high. Yeah. It, could, it could be. I, I sh- can't, shouldn't say it can't be. Uh, There's no reason for the legit fees to exceed 500 All this uh, meant my actual selling price was like $55, dollars 1841 over MSRP. Over. Uh, that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. even for a hot car. My out-the-door price was fifty-nine o thirty-six, and look at that. I gave them the range, up to sixty k, and they right. came pretty close, didn't yeah, that's they? That's right. <laughs> yeah. If if I have said yes to uh, forty to seventy, it would have been sixty-nine. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, sixty-nine. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb asked me what I thought. I told him that w- this wouldn't do. He didn't seem to like my answer. He asked me what I had in mind. I unlocked my iPhone, showed him his ad with the uh, $52,097 price, $52,097 price. Caleb referred to the worksheet, said it was just a start. Here we go. Let the games begin. He said he was sure he could get his boss, Ryan, so I got Alex and we got Caleb and we got Ryan to come down and, and some more. So Alex and Caleb walked back to the manager's outpost. In two minutes, both men walked over in tandem. Caleb had a new worksheet. I had what appeared to be the online price, which didn't seem so great now, knowing the addendum Addendum was included. This time, the discount was $25.90, and my adjusted price was $52.97. They had the same hidden fees and taxes. Out the door, 57078 dollars Now, my effective selling price was about $52,300, MSRP, I had negotiated way down to MSRP. <laughs> Got them all the way down to sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb asked me if these uh, numbers looked better. I said they weren't what I expected to be paying today. I told him he needed to do something about those fees. He asked me if I was committed to buying today. Old school, old school. And he said he could get me a better deal if I would make sure I was taking it today. I'm sorry, Mr. Stewart, you can't buy this T-bone. I can't give you the best price on this T-bone steak unless you'll take it home today.
4: It appears we're at an impasse, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to say? No. I can't commit until I get the price. What do you right, yeah. of me?
0: I said I couldn't promise I'd take it today. I said that I wanted to call my husband and go over it with, with him. Caleb said he'd talked to Ryan, and he and Alex retreated to the lair, the manager's hideaway. They were back in a minute with bad news. Ryan would only agree to go lower when I committed. <laughs> I said, <laughs> Ryan ought to be committed, is what it should be.
4: Right. You want me to commit? <laughs> you need to commit yourself.
0: I said, we appeared to be at an impasse. I said, I'd go home and see if I could get my husband to come back with me. We said our goodbyes and I left. Okay. Uh, several samples of typical car dealers. This is old school. This is the way car dealerships operated 50 years ago. It's old school. And you know something that works. And it doesn't work in all markets. It does work in Martin County and St. Lucie County and to some extent Palm Beach County. There are markets where this would not work But uh, in most cases, this is the way car dealers make a ton of money. We our shopper here is an educated consumer and she will get the good price on her car if she wanted to. The next person that walks into, uh, what is it? The new Ford, uh, what's the name of the dealership? Essential Ford.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Essential Ford used to be Advantage Ford. The next person walks into Essential Ford, will buy that Mustang for several thousand dollars over sticker, and then the educated consumer will go in there and buy it for several thousand dollars below sticker, and the average is what keeps Essential Ford afloat. That's the way the car business is conducted. So there we have it. Uh, it's voting time. Uh, we vote on the curve, and you're, you're, we have to have four dealers on the recommended list because we would have no purpose in life of having a mystery shopping report if nobody was ever recommended. So, relatively speaking, what is your vote for essential Ford? John Sloopy's new dealership in Stewart, Florida.
4: Well, we have grades coming in online. Uh, Anne Marie has chimed in. She says, federal law violation automatically deserves an F rating in my book. The routine old school games may be common, but it's still off-putting. F from Anne Marie. we have one. There's no name. It's a text. Uh, a clear classic dealer nonsense. Love the comparisons to buying food. Big F. Jonathan Wellington says, same old dealership, head games, jacked up costs, a few useless items, hidden fees, and verbal tricks that you don't experience at good dealerships. <laughs> I give them a D. And then over on Facebook, uh, Linda uh, mercifully gives them a D. And Tom gives them a D, says too many old school tricks. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit more generous. Give him a C minus. D minus. C minus. C minus.
5: Okay, right. We've got Andrew with an F. Donovan total F. Ernesto F. Mark Ryan F. And that does not stand for Ford. Andy with a D minus. Rico F for funny. How the salespeople salesman thinks that all people are gullible. And myself, I'm I'm gonna give him the D because it's just you know it's like the same games, but passing, but just barely. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, it is the same game. Quite a struggle. I'm yeah. going to give him an F.
0: An F? You know, uh, Anne Marie uh, really got my attention. You know, how, how do you adore a federal law violation? And uh, maybe I'm getting my, uh, my heart overweigh my logic. I think she's probably right. But I'm going to be merciful. First of all, because I know John Sloopy and uh, uh, it's just for old time's sake, John, I'm going to give you a D- minus to, to have you on the list. And we're not gonna, I'm not going to fail you, but get that corrected on the uh, MSRP. You can't advertise the price, and we'll give you the benefit of that. I'm sure that uh, you weren't involved with this at all. And I'm speaking to the management there at uh, Essential Ford, Uh, Be sure your advertising company, whoever puts your uh, ads out there, doesn't mislabel the MSRP. That's a federal violation. So be careful about that. And we'll go back pretty quickly and chop you again and uh, bring that up uh, from a D minus. We'll keep you on the list temporarily. D minus. D minus.
4: Okay. All right. Well, that sounds like a okay, <laughs> okay. That
1: uh, that sounds real good. Uh, that's kind of a warning from uh, Earl Stewart, and uh, again, I'm going to mention uh, Earl's Vigilantes.com. Uh, you can go to Ron and Cars and you can get all the information on that. This here is just an example of what you can help us with. We uh, we try to expose these guys every week, but it's uh, really difficult without your help. That's Earl's Vigilantes.com. Uh, with all of that, we thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on cars. We are happy to be with you. Hope we've answered your questions this morning. We'll see you next week right back here, Saturday morning, 8 AM.